This is Ridecast, the podcast of the Widow Sons Ridings chapter. Any opinions expressed in this episode do not represent those of the Widow Sons Masonic Bikers Association, UK and Ireland. You can find us on Facebook at Widow Sons Ridings chapter, Instagram at Widow Sons underscore Ridings chapter, at our website, ridingschapter.co.uk, and you can contact the show directly by emailing ridecast at hotmail.com. Right, that's the housekeeping over and done with. Kickstands up, on with the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. My name is Yaka, and with me, my co-hosts are Gremlin. Gremlin's here, live from the Kremlin. <laughs> and Pigpen. Hello. So here we are on our pilot episode of the Ridecast, and uh, how do you guys feel about it? Oh, excited. Oh, I'm so excited too. <laughs> Isn't it great? I can see from the look on your face. Just so the listeners know, we are on a Zoom meeting, so we can actually see each other. Socially distanced Pig Pen's got a bag over his head, so we're very lucky. Cards! <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, just to let people know how we ended up here, um, I'm a big podcast guy. I've been... Oh, Gremlin's off. Gremlin's got the giggles already. Um, I've been listening to podcasts for a, about two and a half years. Started off early with... Um, I was an early adopter of the podcast, I would say. Um, listening to a lot of movie, podcasting, TV shows, uh, true crime, mystery stuff, unsolved crimes, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I don't think you guys have done a lot of pod- listen to a lot of podcasts, have you? Speak for yourself. I haven't, no. I've not really been big on podcasts. What, was, what about you, Gremlin? I know you do audio books, but that's not podcasts. a big audio book, man. Well, that's uh, that's podcasts not podcasts. Indeed, yes. Oh, you uh, do? Quite, yeah, I like the Radio 5 live ones that they do about crime and uh, murders and things like that. Right, right. Um, a few months ago, Gremlin and I were involved with a podcast recording. We were invited on by a podcast show. For, a, for an episode, to record an episode, which was good fun. Really enjoyed it. It hasn't been released yet, has it? Um, that was the the Leeds Light Blue Light Blues Club. Uh, they have a podcast, so shout out to those guys. Uh, we haven't heard that episode that we were involved in as yet, but um, a month or two after we did that, I thought, well, why, why don't we do a, you know, a motorcycle-based podcast with our guys from the chapter, um, so I started researching it, looked into all the uh, technical stuff, started to learn how to use all the editing software, uh, created a, a, an account at a podcast hosting website, um, and we released a trailer a few days ago, and this is the rec- recording of the first pilot episode. So we're all a bit new to it, we're all a bit green, um, but we'll just see, see how things go. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, Happy New Year to everyone. From us lot to you lot, and to you Happy guys. Happy New Year. Hello, still from 2020. Yes, we're, we're still recording this in 2020, but this is going to go out in January. So do you have a good Happy Christmas, guys? Happy New Year for the future. <laughs> well, it's, let's, let's hope it's a better year than uh, 2020 anyway. So, guys, what do you want to talk about? What's on your minds? That awkward Politics. moment of the silence. Sorry, say that again, uh, Pigpen. <laughs> Politics? But absolutely no chance. No chance. No. no politics, no religion. No religion. Yep, so this podcast will be finishing in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you one thing I do want to talk about. For Christmas, I got a couple of accessories for my bike. Some bolt-on accessories. I got, um, Vicky bought me a um, one of those moustache bars, or 
crash bars, whatever you like to call them, with the built-in highway pegs. Because obviously after Gremlin set that trend, I had to copy him because he's the coolest, coolest guy in school. Isn't he? So no, I've been planning on getting one for a while, but uh, so I've got one to fit now. Hopefully that won't be too difficult to fit. And hopefully I won't have any, any issues like you did with yours, Gremlin. Yeah, very disappointed with the um, with what happened. And um, is it my fault for buying non-manufacturer part? Is it my fault for taking more than thirty days to actually uh, get around to putting the part on, riding out with it, almost crashing because my wheel wouldn't turn properly, going back to the people who supplied it who will not speak to me now because it's been more than thirty days. They've actually sold me a part which is not compatible with my motorbike, even though they say it is. And, That's uh, outrageous. Can't do about it. Yeah. Outrageous, Very isn't it? Yeah, terrible. Well, I hope, like I say, I hope I don't have a similar issue with mine. I mean, mine's like uh, I believe a sort of a universal part, but it does it is it does specify it was for the for the Honda VTX eighteen hundred, which is yeah. Like, uh, uh, perhaps in a serious point too, it would be good to point out to to people. You know, perhaps if anybody wants to contact us, have you bought an aftermarket part that is allegedly compatible with your bike that isn't that is dangerous, and you can warn other people about it? I'm sure this it's was, happened. It this happen. was branded as a as as a mustache bar engine guard for a harley davidson soft tail all models 18 to 20 and i can confirm it is not the case mm. and and did you discover that on your first ride out was it a uh, problem yes it was absolutely the first ride out on the first sit on it once the bar was fitted couldn't tell because the wheel turned but when you put pressure and the forks go down you try to turn the wheel because the deluxe has a long front fender towards the rear of, of, of the front fender the way that these aftermarket bar was designed is that they have part you know it, it sticks out and it was catching the fender and it's actually damaged the bottom skirt of the front fender and uh, you know i've got that expense now it, it I, I have to replace it. Of course. So when you sit on the bike and the, you get that slight fork dive, the right height drops, yeah. that's closing the gap between your front fender and the, the yep. bars. Right, I get you. Right. Yeah. I mean, so the first corner you came to at low speed and turned the bars, suddenly yeah. you found that you couldn't turn the yep. bars. Yeah. And on two occasions, I was almost over. I could not turn the wheel properly. Dangerous. On the third occasion, turning out of a junction i was almost on the other side of the road with a car coming because i could not have that full turn that is um, crazy got back i bought myself uh, for those that you that don't know me i have a harley davidson um softtail deluxe 2020 model um it's, it's actually one of pig pen's favorite bikes out there he loves them very he, he loves them doesn't he he does. he does he does but the point is when i bought this bar i i had a sport glide and uh, I contacted the makers of this bar to say, look, I just sold the Sport Glide, got a deluxe. Is it compatible? Absolutely, 100% compatible. This is for all soft tails, 18 to 20. And it's not, the, the Sport Glide has a, a shorter front fender and it'd be fine for that, but for the deluxe it isn't. And to advertise and keep advertising it that it is 100% compatible is in my eyes criminal, it is not. Yeah. I don't want to say who the manufacturer is yet because uh, it's a litigation going on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, that is shocking. And, and it wasn't a cheap item either, was it? It wasn't like you were buying no. cheap tat off the shelf. It was, no. um, you know, a, re a reputable yeah. firm, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, we, we, me and, uh, you know, I came over with Mad Manx and we, we fitted yeah. it and, and it all yeah. seemed to go on the bike reasonably well. It wasn't a problem yeah. getting it fitted. But I guess, um, 
you know, we, we once after we fitted it, it looked it looked all kosher, it looked good, and yep. it wasn't until you test rode the bike that you realised there was a problem. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm hoping I don't have a similar problem, but um, I've got that to fit. I've got a new front tire to go on the bike as well, which I'm going to hopefully do during this little break. You know, this little break I've got from work and white, the other white wall tire. It's not a white wall. No, no. I'd love to have. Got, do you remember Pigpen? We were looking on eBay at tires because Pigpen has a, a VTX 1800 as well. We have the same bike, and we'd both been on the on the lookout for a pair of tires, and we both spotted a pair of white wall tires on eBay at a reasonable price. They were cheap, actually. And we both came to the conclusion that the reason they were cheap was because no one buys white wall tires. No one likes them. But I, I was willing to, to get a pair of them because I thought, oh, well, it'll, it's fine. It's, it's a cheap pair of tires. I mean, they weren't a cheap brand. They were What brand were they, Pigpen? Can you remember? Avon. Right. So they were a good, reasonably good brand. Um, but they've disappeared, by the way. I had another look and they've gone now. But um, You bought them, Gremlin. <laughs> Gremlins bought them. No, no, my, my white walls are looking very nice. Yours came with white wall tyres on, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they look good. They do look good on your bike. I'm not, I'm not going to deny. I, I was tempted bugger to buy to them. Clean, They're a bugger to keep white, but they look good. How do you keep them white? Do you have to use like the tyre paint on them or something or just scrub them? <clears throat> Bit of a scrubbing brush. Um, yeah, there's tricks in the trade. Look on YouTube how to keep your white walls white. Nitromores, a little bit of nitromores. No, no, don't put nitromores on your tyres. Don't do that. <laughs> I think you just keep it in the garage, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you, don't you don't take it out when it's wet. You don't take it out when there's mud on the road. Nice. And don't, don't even think about those. camping. Don't think about no, driving it onto no, a campsite. No fields. no fields. Like I did at your uh, on your field. Sank about yes. eight inches into the ground. Um so yeah, but anyway, the other so I've got the I've got the um, the front tire to put on. I've got the moustache bar to put on, and I also got off my brother for Christmas. Um, it's like a leather um, uh, coke can holder that I don't know where where exactly I'm going to fit it, but you can put a bottle of water in or a coke can. It's a little little leather holder, which I thought was kind of cool. And put my can of coke in there on my bottle of water. I know you're both looking perplexed now. <laughs> what is your problem with a drink holder on my bike? Is it just a step when, too far for you guys? When, when are you going to drink it? Uh, where you stop at traffic lights, you can have a little drink. I'll put a pink straw in the top and away I go. <laughs> That's totally silenced the barrier. I like it. I don't care what you guys think. I like it. I'm going to... I'm going to fit that on my bike. Um, the only other thing I want to do is I have a large sort of top box style, a bit like um, the size of like Casio's box on the back yeah. of this bike. They're quite big. You, I think you have one on. Do you have one on? You don't have one on yours, do you, Gremlin? No. No, you did on a previous. Did you have on a previous bike? No. No, no. sir. Well, anyway, same as Casio's got on his, the big top box, but it's in, it's in uh, like a gunmetal grey, so I need to get it painted that matching blue colour to match my bike. So once I've got that painted, I'll fit that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Then I, don't, I won't have to permanently have the leather saddlebags on the side. This is all getting very cruiser, isn't it? All the sports bikers out there and adventure bike riders are listening to this thinking, oh my God, have you heard them with their drinks holders and their white wall tyres? Old, old men. <laughs> we, need, yeah. we need to bring sports bikes into this conversation. I'm cringing. 
<laughs> well, you're thinking of selling yours, aren't you, um, Pigpen? You, you were looking at a CB, Se uh, was it? Selling it. All right, well, it away. scrapping it. <laughs> oh, don't be like that about the mighty Honda. It's a very sought-after machine. I love mine. No, no, I no, absolutely no. love it. I won't sell it, no. I'll, I'll keep it, but I'll, I'm looking at getting... What for parts? You're at it again. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need parts. It's a mighty Honda. It just goes on forever. They do. They do. No, I love mine. I, I absolutely... I mean, it took me a long time to, to, to get to a cruiser. I, I mean, I've been, like Pigpen, riding sports bikes for 20-plus years, 25 years. Um, it's only recently. I only I've only owned that VTX. What? How long's it been now? A couple of years, Gremlin. I think it's a couple of years. Yeah. A couple of years since I bought that. I had the uh, the BMW 1200GS before, and I had that for about four and a half years. Did about thirty thousand miles on that bike. But that's what I was going to ask actually to Pigpen because we all know Gremlin's history. He's been on on Harley Davidson since day one. He's on his what fourth Harley now? Third, fourth, I am. fourth oh. Harley. Um, in, but, in, in, four, in four months. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you were, a, you were a, a sports bike rider. You, were a, you, you, did, your track, you did your club racing. Um, how long were you riding sports bikes? Or were you, you were riding dirt bikes before that, I believe? I, I set off on, on uh, a DT50 when That's I was... a Yamaha, oh. I believe. A Yamaha DT50. Yeah, I think it was a Yamaha <laughs> Gremlin on it. Y Yamaha, was yes, Yamaha, Yamaha definitely made the detail. <laughs> uh, I think I was six when I set off with that. Uh, so you've been riding, then... you must be riding 60-odd years then. <laughs> not, not, quite as long, not quite as long as that, no. So you uh, were on motocross bikes for a while then? Always have been. Yeah, always, right, right up till, well, I... I I had them uh, stolen two years were you, were ago. You riding, were you riding on the road then, or were, you, were they field bikes? Uh, they were off-road off, off -road bikes right up, up until I was uh, 16. So right. I, was, I was doing, like, uh, enduro racing, yeah. uh, time card, hare and hounds, motocross. They sound like pubs. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you passed your test at 17 then? Uh, yes, yeah, I passed my test, and and then I just worked my way up through through different road bikes. And I set off with a Honda ninety when I was sixteen. Uh, then I had a Honda XL one two five. Oh, so, so you stayed with the XLs a, a motocross style, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a a, a road going sort of. Adventure off roady bike yeah. of the day. So you stayed. Was, you stayed on the scramblers even after you you were old enough to ride on the road and pass your test and everything. To, to start with, yeah. And then, then I got a one a one seven five XL and. Uh, so what was your first sports bike then? What was your first sort of full blown sports bike? Uh, GSXR seven fifty slingshot. Oh yeah, the slingshot. Yeah, my brother used to have one of those. Yeah, they were awesome bikes, weren't they? Yeah, still got it. You still got that? Still got that, yeah. My God. Does yeah, it run? On, uh, Does it run or is it like under a dust sheet in the garage? It, 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 it's covered up in the workshop 
and probably hasn't been started for 10, 15 years. But my God, it, it, it went away as a runner. So those slingshot carburetors won't be slinging anything at the moment. Then, no, no, it, 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 it could need uh, some carb cleaner through it, <laughs> just a little bit. You'll need a full strip yeah. down. Gremlin, you wanted to come in there? I was going to say, have you always had Japanese bikes? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I have, I have, no. apart from the Beamer. Austrian. Which one's, a, which Austrian brand? KTM. Oh, KTM. Is it, are they Austrian, are they? For some reason, I had, I had an idea in my head that they were Italian, but clearly not. Yeah, but quite a lot of uh, KTMs. And they're, yeah, they're a dirt bike sort of manufacturer, aren't they? They do the dirt bikes. Yeah, they're the sort of enduro motocross. Adventure, yeah. Uh, that, that type of bike. So, yeah, I've had two strokes, 200s and 450, four strokes, 520 supermotors. So you ended up on the GSXR 750. At some point, I can almost guarantee you had a CBR 600 because I think during the 80s and 90s, everyone did. No. No. You must be the only person in Britain that didn't own a CBR 600. Yeah, no. (laughs) No, it it was, uh, yeah, GSXRs I sort of stuck with. Right, you like your Suzuki's. Yeah, I sort of moved up onto newer, well, what was newer at the time, the S-Rads. Yeah, my brother had the slingshot and he had an S-Rad, so I rode, I rode them quite a lot because I, I rode my brothers quite often. But the, the S-Rad was a big step up, wasn't it? I mean, that was the bike that, that took the Fireblade down a, a few pegs. Yeah, yeah, well, I've still got that as well. You've still got the S-Rad? My God, how many bikes yeah, have yeah. you got? How many, how many bikes have you got? Uh, five. You've got five at the moment. Yeah, and then I had, I had, I had three what uh, got stolen two years ago. What, did they get stolen from your workshop or your garage or something? Yeah, they broke in one night and just took all my off-road stuff. So Right, right. Oh, dear. Why did they leave your Honda? Uh, I think the pe- they came purposely looking for off-road. They're easier to make them disappear, I think, aren't they? I'll yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't take any tools, anything. All they took was... Uh, two bikes and a quad. Uh, there was my race quad in there, a KTM race quad. Easy to sell on. Um, bikes that are easy to sell on, aren't they? Yeah. I, I don't know how they sold that on because that was quite specialised in one sense. They didn't, they didn't make many of them and didn't sell, sell many of them. So. Right, right. But then I, I got told it's probably in, back in Europe somewhere, so... So, at what right. point did you start with the club racing and the, you know, the track bikes then? Uh, we, when did we start with the track bikes? Probably about 2000. Right, right. So, how long did you do the club racing for? We, we, we played around with the, with the uh, road stuff for probably 15, 10, 10 to 15 years. Right. And were you, were you running Suzuki's on the track as well? Yes, yeah, S-Rad's. Right, right. So at what point then, back to my original question that I asked 10 minutes ago, at what point did you sort of transition from the full-on sports biker and dirt track rider to cruisers? Because for me, it was a big, that was a big step to go to a cruiser. I'd been on sports bikes for 20 plus years. 
I, I can't believe I'll say this. I always wanted the Harley Davidson type bike that Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Road Terminator Two. Terminator. Yeah. I always wanted one of them. It was loud. It was obnoxious. It like was, you. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it was the fat just, boy. The fat boy. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted one of them, but they were just they were always out of my reach money wise. I thought, oh, I can't, I can't invest that sort of money. Yeah. Uh, and then I looked at the Hondas and thought, well. You get a lot more bike for your money, so I think you get two two brake discs with the Honda, don't you? That's right. Yeah, proper brakes on the Honda. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whereas with the Harley, you only get—is it one you get with a Harley? You do, you, you, yes, you get one. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a bone of contention between Gremlin yeah. and uh, Big Pen for the last twelve months, so it's a bit of an in joke, but. Yeah. Uh, but, you, I mean, for you, Gremlin, it was always about the Harley, wasn't it? Right from, right no, from the off. absolutely no? not. Okay, it so tell us your story. Chance. Um, in my, do, do you know, for those of you of a certain age, I was a big fan of chips when I was young. Mm. The California Highway Patrol. Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. If those were Kawasaki's or Harley's, I think they were Kawasaki's. I'd were they? God, surely they would have been yeah, Harley's, wouldn't they? No, I, I, I think you'll find that they weren't actually. Which Google, was somebody surprise. get on Google quick. <laughs> um, I think Big Ben's going to check at that now. But it was, you know, I used to watch British super or, or the Superbikes. Barry Sheen, um, he, you know, he was somebody I used to watch when I was growing up, and I always had an interest in motorbikes. But my father had, uh, he'd been a motorbike racer, him and his brother, when he was young, and uh, my father had an accident on. Uh, doing speedway he did speedway once broke his collarbone and decided that he didn't want to ride motorbikes again so he really never encouraged me and my brother to have motorbikes so in fact did just really the opposite yeah in my 20s um, i decided i was going to take my test and i got a suzuki er125 um just but going out um you know seeing what it was like with the intention of taking my test but for some reason I decided against it. I don't know why. Whether um, I just so you so you rode on L on L plates for quite a few yeah. years then, by the sounds of it. No, not even as long as that. I think there was a fault with the bike, which meant it had to be charged overnight before you could take it out. There was something right, an inherent fault with it when I bought it, and I never got around to fixing it. And I just thought this is a bit of a waste of time, so I gave up with it and you know pursued cars really more than bikes, and then. Like everybody with a midlife crisis, let's get a motorbike license. And I did. And I decided I was definitely never going to get a Harley Davidson. I was not the shadow who was going to be having a midlife crisis and getting a Harley Davidson. Did you, tell me, tell me, if I can just interrupt. Did you procrastinate for many years before taking the plunge and actually going for the training and taking the test? Or did you just one day get up and go, I'm going to do it? Yeah, I did. I did. I, you know, it had me saying, I've been thinking, I must do it this year, I must do this. I didn't think about it for a long time, and suddenly I thought, right, I'm going to get a motorbike. You know, I want to ride a motorbike. I want to pass my test. And it's, um, I, wish I, <laughs> I wish I'd done it with something, because it was quite hard, really. You know, some four parts uh, to get your full license. Uh, so it's the your CBD, the compulsory bike test, then it's the... Uh, compulsory basic training. Sorry, compulsory basic training. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
for your CPT. You, did then, you have to do uh, the theory? You had to do a theory as well, did you? Or you then not? have to go to your classroom yeah. on the computer to do theory with um, hazard uh, perception and avoidance. Yeah, yeah. Which was, you know, something I didn't do when I took my, my car test. And then it was your mod one, your mod two, your mod one on the, um, it was off-road, figure of eight, manhandling, all those sort of things. And then the mod two, obviously, is being followed round um, by the examiner for about 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I decided... Also did, what time of year did you do What time of year did you do your train? Was it through winter or summer riding? November and December. So um, you really <coughs> were in there, you know, sink or swim sort of situation where you were learning to ride in poor weather and bad road yep. surface conditions. I think that's probably the, the, probably the best way to do it, really. If you can, yeah, if you can pass your on, test it that time of year. Yeah. Yeah, it was crappy weather. And then on the morning of my test, I got to the training centre early took the bike out to go uh, to practice the mod one, came to a stop, slipped, bike went over, and my foot got caught between the uh, foot peg and the tarmac, and I busted it in three places. My and God. that was it. Um, this would have been a 500cc bike you were training on, six, though, right? 650. A 650. So what was it, an SV650 yeah. or something? Um, it was a... No, I think it was it was a Yamaha 650. It'll come back to me which one it was because it's still got bits of my bone all over it. <laughs> and uh, so from there, um, I was out of action for ten weeks. I was supposed to be out of action for six weeks, but uh, week four of being in a, one of those boots that you walk around in, I slipped all the way down my stairs and broke my foot again. So that was it for another six weeks. So I was ten weeks in total. Hang on a minute. I, I don't I, I don't remember you telling me this. I heard you that you'd you'd broken your foot doing the yeah, bike training, I, but you yeah. fell down the stairs as well. Yeah, I slipped down the stairs. What uh, are you, an eight-year-old or something? Landed on it and yeah, broke it. Again. Rebroke it. Oh my yeah. god. So did you yeah, have to which, get pin, pinned or anything? Or was it No, they no, they were going to be then they decided if I could manage with this boot, which you sleep in as well, you know, you, you, you wear it the only time you don't wear it is when you're having a bath or a shower. That's the Grace of having this boot, but in, in bed and everything. So, my God. But anyway, 10 weeks later, I then started to do the training, failed my mod one because I, I put my foot down because I thought the bike was going to go over. Second time I passed it, and then I passed my mod two first time. But while I was before, just as I was taking my mod two, where I worked in Harrogate, there was this uh, lovely green motorbike. Um, That's right. Yeah, this was the 883. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I just thought, I really like that. It was a lovely green colour, olive green, um, sounded great. And then I looked at the badge and it was a Harley Davidson. And I thought, oh, God, no. Why is the bike that I like a Harley Davidson? Anyway, I didn't think any more of it. Then I was looking through. I found out what model it was. I didn't even know what model it was. And it was a, a Sportster 883 Iron. And then I saw that same bike on eBay. I recognised the photograph, you know, where it was taken, yeah, yeah. bike, and I bought it. And you bought the one off eBay or the same one? Yeah. That you... no, the, the, no, the same one because the guy... Oh, it was the same eBay. one. Right, right. Yeah, he got himself a girlfriend, wanted to spend more time with his girlfriend, decided to sell his bike, so I bought it. Wow. And then um, that was it. Um, you were hooked on Harley's. Later. Yeah, I've now got the, uh, a deluxe 20. So what was, the, what was the second bike, the second Harley you got? Well, before that, I'd actually... Bought two Yamaha XTs. Uh, I got an XT500 and XT250. Yeah. Um, both of those to be done up, and the idea was to ride them. But the guy uh, who was doing them up for me 
said you want to get an automatic start. These kickstarts are bloody awful. Yeah, especially so, on the big balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's why... Um, Have you ever uh, ridden them on the road? I've ridden... No, not on the road. I've ridden them around the garden, the, the, the 500, the 250, and they're great. Around but, the estate. You've ridden them around the estate. <laughs> yeah. They are great. You know, they're fantastic. They're undercover. They're just appreciating in value. Um, so from the iron, I went and got a, a street bob. Right. And then I've got a Sport Glide, and now I've got the Deluxe. So I just like the Harleys. So there we yeah, go. yeah. Well, the, the the Deluxe you have now is is lovely. I, I I did like the the what was it the Street Glide the previous one Sport Glide Sport Glide that that was yeah. lovely. But this new yeah. one, this Deluxe you've got now is absolutely yeah. amazing. Okay, so so that was Gremlin's journey. From, yeah. Through the wide variety of motorcycles he's he's ridden, um, the vast experience on Harley Davidsons he's he's had. My my journey is similar to Pigpen's really, although I didn't have a um, I didn't have a dirt track dirt dirt bike uh, sort of background. I was purely into the sports bikes. I started off on uh, my first proper bike after passing my test was an RD three fifty, and then I went down the FZR route, CBR. ZX6, ZX7, ZX9, a couple of fire blades. Um, so it was all sports bikes for many, many years. And then about six years ago, six and a half years ago, um, this is going to sound really sad and everyone out there is going to be groaning when I when I admit to this, but I saw The Long Way Round with Ewan McGregor and Charlie Bowman. And uh, and I thought, this looks great. These bikes look fantastic. It's, you know, a lot more long distance stuff and cruising around with luggage. And maybe it was just my age. Maybe it was the fact that I'd had a little, um, I'd, I'd caught a few points on my license on the ZX9 that I'd been riding. And I thought, it's time to get off the sports bikes. They're too dangerous. There's too many camera vans. It's too, they're too easy to speed on. So yes, I, I took the plunge and I went and bought a BMW 1200GS, which I loved and which Vicky, my partner, loved. Um, and we rode that for about four and a half years all around the UK and Ireland. And um, and then I ended up, after joining the Widow Sons, I'd been in the Widow Sons for four or five years. I thought, everyone's on cruisers. Most of the most of the guys I'm riding with are riding cruisers. So I uh, I, I, I bought uh, the, the VTX, and that's how I ended up on the VTX. So that's my story, shortened version of it. I spent eight years during all of that instructing as well. I was a direct access qualified card and assessed instructor. Not blowing my own trumpet, but I thought it's worth mentioning that I I, I worked as a, as a biker as well. I was I was a professional rider for, for eight years. Um, but I got a bit fed up of following 16-year-olds around on mopeds doing CBTs. And I was wiping snow off my visor one day and thought, you know what? I've had enough of this. Um, so I now ride purely for pleasure with my with, widow son's brothers, which I love. Love riding out with the guys during the summer months. Purely uh, fair weather rider now, like, like you guys, I think. I think it's safe to say. No, absolutely right. Perhaps one thing that you, we haven't mentioned is how did we all meet? Well, yeah. Go go ahead, Gremlin. You start that ball rolling. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we are members of an organisation which is called the Widow Sons. And it is um, part of the Masonic fraternity. To be a member of a Widow Son, you have to be a Freemason. And that's what we all are. So that's the one thing we have in common. Yes, the uh, 
the, 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 the sort of Freemasonry, binding of Freemasonry in motorcycles has been a massive success nationally. And for me, I mean, it's something that I absolutely, absolutely love. I love having that common ground, that common interest with the guys I ride with. Not just the fact that we enjoy riding motorcycles together, but we all are members of Masonic Lodges. Um, we're all Freemasons and we have that, that sort of common ground and common interest. So we can talk about bikes and Freemasonry. And generally our conversations, when we're, when we're not riding the bikes, when we're at a biker's cafe somewhere, having a cup of tea and a pasty, we're talking, you know, the conversation switches between what happened last week in Lodge and what happened last week out on the bikes. And we, we flip-flop between conversations of both. So I, I absolutely love it. Um, I've been a member of the Widow Sons for about five years now. Uh, met Gremlin about, how long has it been since you started coming out riding with us? Two and a half years. Three, two and a half, three years, something like that. Yeah. Gremlin's been riding out with us for just over a year now, it'll probably be. Bit Pig longer pen, than a year. Sorry, Pigpen. A little longer than a year now, Pigpen, isn't it for you? Uh, but we're all we're all patch members. I was invested as president of the chapter back in March of 2020. Uh, Gremlin has been secretary for the last few years. Um, nobody else will do it. Yeah. Um, and Pigpen was patched in back in August. I believe it was end of July, beginning of August last year. Was meet the meet the neighbours, won't it? Yeah, don't whatever you do, call it the Northern Rally. It's meet the neighbours rally. <laughs> yeah, perhaps people ought to understand what is patching in. Well, yeah, uh, um, before you are made a member of the Widow Sons, whichever chapter you're applying for, there is a required number of sort of get to know you rides and socials that you that you have to attend. It's different for every chapter. There are different criteria for every chapter. But basically, you, you've got to ride with us and spend time with us um, to show that you're committed to the chapter and that you're a safe rider and you understand how to ride in large groups. Because there is a there's something about riding in large groups. It's different. I mean, a lot of guys will ride solo or they'll ride out with two or three of their mates. But when you're in a group of 15 or 20 bikes, that's a different skill altogether. Um, and, it's, and it takes a bit of getting used to. So uh, we like to assess the guys that are riding out with us, make sure they understand the different systems of uh, safe ride, group riding that we use before we take a ballot on their membership. And then Gremlin sends out uh, an email. We do an email ballot. And uh, if, uh, if they are successful with the ballot, then we invite them to become members of the chapter. Um, they pay their fees and then they are brought in for their patching in ceremony where they're presented with their widow son's patch and that makes and their them... chapter patch as yes. well yes yes speaking of chapter patches we've just recently adopted a new chapter patch which took a little bit of administration and figuring out and a bit of designing and we are waiting for our new chapter patches to be uh, made up and delivered which should happen sometime in january so We've ordered 30 new chapter patches and I have pre-orders for, I think, 24 already. So we're going to have to order a second batch fairly quickly. What are your thoughts on the chapter patch, uh, Pigpen? Yeah, liking it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a little bit more in keeping with the rest of the patches that we have. Uh, I didn't mind the old one, but it it sort of stood out like a bit of a sore thumb. Yeah, blue. yeah, it did. It, uh, quite a bright, like a traffic light, wasn't it? Bright blue uh, with the yellow border. It just stood out 
on the on when we're wearing a black leather cut, or in uh, in Gremlin's case, pleather. Um, <laughs> it does stand out like a like a Belisha beacon, and it wasn't the most popular of patches, so we came up with a, a black and gold design, which are the colours of the Widow Sons. Black and gold are our colours. Um, so a bit more in keeping with the rest of the patches we wear. And it, it went through the ballot and everyone had said yes, they were keen to adopt it as a new chapter patch. And, and that's where we are now. So we're just waiting for the new ones to arrive. Gremlin, <laughs> you're miles away. Hello. Hello. No, no, I was just uh, listening intently to what was being said about the new chapter patch. Um, and I'm sure that when they are uh, available, there'll be a lot of people wearing them, which is good. Absolutely. And the new members that are patched in, uh, in the future, we'll, we'll all be presented with the new chapter patch. So the question is, for, for people out there who may not be a Freemason, um, they may not be a widow's son, how do you become a member of one or the other or both? Um, through, through my interest with motorbikes and being a widow's son, I have met at least one person who is now a Freemason and a candidate for the widow's sons. Uh, people like to ask questions about the Freemasons, the intrigue, the mystery, the secrets, and it sparks an interest and suddenly they're thinking, how do I become a member of this? Well, what people ought to realise that we are a society with secrets, not a secret society, and it is all about charity. We are probably the biggest donor to charitable or, or, or to char charitable organisations throughout the UK we give away millions of pounds every year to good causes so that's one good reason to join absolutely so, and I would like to point out that we collect all our charitable monies from within our fraternity yep. we don't go out asking for other people to you know we don't we don't rattle a, a money jar do we at people we we collect from our members only when it starts asking for subs from our members <laughs> yes absolutely you're absolutely um, right. It is all given by the members themselves. Um, so if you want to join, look at the website for the United Grand Lodge of England or look at Widow Sons if you are a Freemason with a motorbike and you think it sounds like uh, a bit of fun and something you could be interested in. Absolutely. It is, it is fun. It's great. Wait, how many of fun, you wouldn't be in it. Absolutely. How many, how many have we brought in, our chapter alone, how many of which you think we've brought in now to... You know, into Freemasonry. I know that uh, Mad Manx, one of our our charity steward, Mad Manx, um, he was he first came out riding with us on his bike with the Widow Sons, and that created his interest in Freemasonry. And he he ended up getting uh, initiated. Was it last year or the year before? The year before uh, last be, year. Well, 2019. When this goes it? out, it was 2019. Yeah. 2019 uh, into Alfred, Alfred Lodge, Lodge in Otley. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also have Buzz, who was um, when my candidate into Lassels, rhymes Lassels with Tassels in right, Weatherby. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously Mad Max went on to become a full member of the chapter and is our charity steward. Is doing doing a sterling job as charity steward, providing us with all our uh, net tubes and beanies and hoodies, t-shirts, polo shirts, all the rest of it, all the, the Widow Sons merchandise, and raising lots of money for charity in the process. And um, and Buzz is still a candidate, and his 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 membership into the chapter is being slightly delayed at the moment because of COVID, and it's, he's because he's not able to progress within Freemasonry, uh, so he's still an entered apprentice. 
So as you're a fairly newish member, Pigpen, can you just give us a little rundown of your journey to becoming a widow's son? What what that involved? I, th I think it, it was mentioned in Lodge that there was a, uh, a motorcycle uh, sort of group. Uh, I think you'll it, find it was me responding at Priory one night when I was master of Harlow that I said I was in the widow's sons. It might have been that. Uh, I, I can't honestly remember. I, I know I did get told about about there was like a, a, a motorcycle uh, part of it, and then uh, it, it was basically I looked on on the website, got the details, and I think I did uh, send that off to to Gremlin, who replied, yeah. and uh, from there it, it was quite a straightforward. Uh, because I did visit uh, Gremlin's Lodge anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think I met up with him there yep. on one of the nights, and that's when I first met Mad Manx, because yeah. uh, he was he was there visiting, and uh, that was sort of like the start of it. And how how long did it? How long do you think it took you from your first contact to being patched in? How many months went by? To patching in, I think it took seven months. Right, but, right. Uh, I think the sort of delay in one sense was obviously winter. I started yeah. in... Also, also because your riding wasn't quite up to standard, <laughs> really. Yeah. Well, th there was that, yeah, because none of you lot could keep up, I think, was the problem. <laughs> Gremlin... With the, the Harley. Yeah, no, Pigpen was um, clearly right from day one. We, you know, he was, we, could, we knew he was Fast. a very experienced rider. Let's put it that way. Yes. Experienced rider. And um, adopted our systems of riding very, very quickly. Obviously, had a lot of experience of riding with big groups of, of bikes. Um, so to you, it was a fair, I think it was fairly straightforward for you, wasn't it, Pigpen? I don't think you had any, any problems at all with riding with us. No, I think, I think the longest wait was obviously... COVID. January, February, March, yeah, April. the lockdown, yeah, yeah. You know, the first was, lockdown did affect us all. Yeah, you were yeah. definitely. Yes. We were off the road for three months. We we couldn't ride yeah, that, at that, all. That, that slowed it down, and like I said, the winter bit slowed it down. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. So. So um, yeah, I mean, I think I think with with the widow sons, there's something. That's slightly different, I would say, to other for uh, other types of clubs. In that, when you're riding with people, when you're riding with your friends and your brothers, and you're you're, you're cruising along, uh, say a motorway, you're doing seventy mile an hour, or you're 50, 60 mile an hour around country roads, and you're a group of twenty plus bikes. There is an element of risk involved, and you do have to trust the people that you're riding with, and that element of trust in the guy behind you and the guy in front of you you develop a slightly stronger bond than say you would go into a chess club or, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. There's, there is a risk with riding. There is an element of danger. And I think that that creates a firmer bond. And given that we're Freemasons and brothers already, that just that adds to it. Yeah. You're meeting more brothers to go to more places. So instead of just going to the lodges in your area, all of a sudden our province as, as grown and you, you're meeting people from yes it, yes it, in, in many ways it, it shrinks the province 
because suddenly you're visiting guys from the chapter, you're visiting their lodges. I mean, we've, we've made a big thing out of tra all traveling and having widow sons visits to other lodges. We take our cuts. We always make sure that after the meeting's over, we get back in the lodge room, we put our cuts on, we get a photograph of the Facebook page. And that's become a, something that's become something that we do a lot now, isn't it? When, when we're able to, I mean, the lodges are all, all shut down at the moment, but um, but yeah, we do a lot more, definitely do a lot of lodge visits between all the members of the chapter, don't we? I did manage to get to visit your lodge, uh, Yaka, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, and I've been to um, Lassell's, um, I've been right, up to, Tassels. yeah, I've been up to Alfred Lodge, I was there for Mad Max's, I was at Mad Max's uh, initiation, I was at Buzz's initiation, um, I've been to loads, I, can't, I couldn't list them all now, I'd, I'd have to spend five minutes thinking about where I've where I've been but yeah we've all we all visit each other's lodges and it's it's something, something good that we do it's good yeah. fun it's good fun it's but actually, yeah. but it's getting out on the road that's that being a widow son's all about for me definitely getting out for rides with with the guys and and we're going to have hopefully a good a good uh, year next year and you know have some some good ride out we've got a few plans which we will revisit in another episode explain yep. what what we're doing but um, I think really, guys, on that note, bearing in mind we can come back to these, uh, these plans for the future in another episode, we should consider wrapping up this episode and say, uh, say our thanks and goodbyes to everyone. What do you think? I think so. Are they still awake, the listeners? Well, hopefully we haven't bored them to pieces, but... Um, have we, well, have we got some? <laughs> but if anyone out there um, has enjoyed the, uh, the, the Ridecast podcast... Please subscribe. Please come back for our next episode. If you need to contact us, you can drop us an email at um, our email address is ridecast at hotmail.com. Um, if you have any questions or any uh, points of interest or anything you'd like us to bring up in conversation in the, uh, in the next episode, feel free to drop us a line and uh, you'll get a shout out. I guess we are on Facebook. Yeah, we've got the Facebook page. It's all mentioned at the beginning of the show. We've got the Facebook page, Widow Sons hyphen Riders Chapter. Gremlin runs the Instagram, which is probably why it's got very little content in it. Uh, hasn't had any. Hasn't had any new uh, content in uh, for months. <laughs> I think we'll find because we haven't been any ride outs. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, like, um, it's like looking inside Gremlin's brain. I think is the Instagram. <laughs> or just full of wonders from the past hollow so yeah but feel free to contact us we'd love to hear a little bit of feedback what you thought, thought of the show what you think we could um alter or adjust or add or take out um and when i say to you know obviously we don't want we, i know you probably all want us to take gremlin out of the equation but you know we're going to give him a we're going to give give him a good try see how see how we get some but uh anyway oh, we just had our we just had a first message come through um it's from a lady who's been listening, um, and she says, I think Gremlin sounds hot. There you go. What can wow. I say? Thank you. You haven't got the name on that, that contact here, have you? It's not, it's not Tess, is it, by any chance? <laughs> or, or, or your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, then, guys, let's wrap it up. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Gremlin. <laughs> thank you. And thank you to Pitpen. Thank you very much. Uh, this is uh, Yaka signing off for Ridecast, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks very much, guys. Goodbye.